Hello and welcome to the Encouraging Angels podcast with Stan Szymanski. I'm your host, Stan Szymanski. Today is Thursday, December 14, 2023, and I have a great show for you today. Neither Encouraging Angels nor Stan Szymanski nor anyone affiliated with Encouraging Angels is offering any type of advice on this program. We do not offer financial advice. We do not offer legal advice. We do not offer medical advice. We do not offer personal advice of any kind. Please consult a professional in the area of your need or interest. Everything and anything presented on this program is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Today, I think we need to talk about repentance. Some of you that are listening would say to me, if you had the chance, I haven't done anything wrong. Why is anybody uh, coming to me? talking to me about repentance. Without repentance, there's not going to be any salvation for you. And we're going to go through some scriptures to show why that is. And in general, scriptures about repentance just to encourage you to repent. And then we're going to pray some prayers of repenting. Now, I'm not going to get specific because when I get specific, that's between me and God. And I think the same should be for you. Now, when you're hearing me, I guess you could, you know, it could just be between you and God. Um, But that is our mediator. Our mediator is Jesus Christ. He is the bridge between God and man. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. There are some conditions in that statement, are there not? That's 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. First of all, the first word is if... That's conditional. If my people, so you <laughs> you have to be, you know, already committed to God. But as we know, hopefully, is that even when you are committed to God, that you say that you're a Christian, uh, if you are not abiding in Christ you're going to be like a branch that has died and withered and will be cast into the fire. You'll be good for nothing. So let's take a look at this. It says, if my people who are called by my name, they identify, right, as, as Christians and, and what we're talking about, even though this was uh, the Hebrews of the Old Testament, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Well, I mean, that is powerful to just say that you are, you are praying to seek the face of God. 
and turn from their wicked ways. In other words, you must repent. And when you turn, repentance basically means turning 180 degrees and going the other way, the better way. And when those conditions are met, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, see, this is the part where God fulfills his part of the deal if you are fulfilling the first conditions. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Friends, if I don't have the scripture in front of me right now, but basically it says, you know, if you say that you don't have any sin, that you're a liar. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's Romans 3.23. So we have to humble ourselves and pray and seek the face of God. And then, tur- and then do the right thing. Turn from our wicked ways. Then God will hear. Does God hear the prayers of everybody? Nope. Then I will hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sin. Boy, who, who doesn't need that? The forgiveness of sin. Because we, as we know, all have sinned and will heal their land. There is no land more in need of healing than the United States of America, in my humble opinion. I mentioned and did a show on that movie, Leave the World Behind, a few days ago. When you, in my humble opinion, that is a message to America about what's coming. It's, it's a sec, I would call it a secular foreshadowing. This land is in so much need of healing from our sins, our sins of selfishness, our sins of hegemony, telling the whole world what to do. Not paying attention to George Washington's admonition to have no foreign entanglements. You know, 70 million babies, you know, give or take, 70 million babies dead since 1973. I mean, the, the outward approval of practices, of personal practices that God abhors, that he says will send you to the lake of fire. You can read Romans 1, Romans chapter 1, if you don't believe me. Read it and read it again. And just in general, how we treat each other. And our, you know, our, our reliance on a telephone and a tablet to get what we think is social interaction. And people act horribly typing in these comments and responding to people when they would never do that in person or if it was their neighbor. Because they might get a face full of fist. 
repentance before God can bring so much healing. That's what God says. He will heal their land. Acts 3.19, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. I mean, God is so faithful to come back and refresh you, to uplift you, after you repent to be merciful to you when you come clean before God and tell him the things that you've done, tell him the things that you've thought, how you've acted, how you missed the mark. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. My God, what a promise that is. Because if your sins are not wiped out, you will be wiped out, ultimately. That is a significant benefit of repenting. Here is probably the verse that, to me, sums it up, although we're going to read a bunch more. If we confess our sins, again, conditional, right? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I mean, the promise of God, if you meet the conditions of his deal, are just so magnificent. If we confess our sins, so it's conditional, it's on us. If we come before God and confess our sins, he is faithful. So when you confess, you have a faithful God who is just and, and will forgive. My God, we, and will forgive us our sins. And he doesn't just forgive you, he purifies you from all unrighteousness. So that's, it's also, in my humble opinion, a, uh, a, an ongoing process. Because remember that you n must not only trust Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have to abide in him. He gave the parable, you know, of the weeds. And um, he also talked about... Um, I, I, sorry, I'm, I'm kind of getting a little off with that parable of the weeds, but he he talked about um, the, the vine and the branches. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. You know, you don't want to be a vine that is disconnected from 
the you know, excuse me you don't want to be a branch that is disconnected from the vine because if the branch becomes disconnected from the vine it dies so you must abide in Christ you must stay connected to the vine so even when you do sin he you know he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness you can go back to god you can go back to jesus and ask for forgiveness here's a good reason why proverbs 28:13 whoever conceals their sins does not prosper but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy whoever conceals their sins does not prosper but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy what a promise and and what a, a deal but it also tells you about what happens if you don't repent because if you conceal your sin you're not going to prosper. And that prosper can mean a whole bunch of things. Yeah, it could mean money. Um, but it could mean your family. It could mean you growing in Christ. But the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. So you have to confess your sin and renounce them. You know, you're saying that you're sorry for what you've done. And asking for mercy and you'll find mercy from a good and holy God. For the Lord your God is gracious and compassionate. He will not turn his face from you if you return to him. And that's 2 Chronicles chapter 30, verse 9, the second half of verse 9. For the Lord your God is gracious and compassionate. Who doesn't need grace and compassion after sin? He will not turn his face from you if you return to him. So if you are confessing your sins, telling God you're sorry and asking for forgiveness, he will not turn his face from you if you return to him, if you go to him as your heavenly father and ask for mercy and tell him you're sorry. Matthew 3, 8 says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. So in other words, do the right things. If you say you're sorry for your sins, you confess your sins, you're sorry for your sins, and you ask for forgiveness, then do the things that are right. Do the things that bring glory to God. Live your life with a purpose for him. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, 
not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So there's going to be someone who's listening right now who thinks that they have done something that God cannot forgive. And that's not true. The only unforgivable sin is the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. Just remember that Moses was a murderer and so was Paul, the Apostle Paul. And yet, God turned them around and used them as the two people who wrote the most in the Bible, Moses and the, well, maybe David wrote more than Moses, but Moses wrote a lot. I shouldn't say, David may probably have, has written a, a bit more um, because of all the, uh, all the Psalms he, he's, he'd written. Uh, but what, I'm, I'm not sure exactly of that, but, you know, the biggies to me are, uh, you know, Moses, David, and Paul as far as volume. He doesn't want anyone to, to, to perish. He's patient with you. He does not want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So whatever you've done, you can come to the Lord and tell him you're sorry. You can come to the Lord and, and tell him what you've done. You can come to the Lord and ask for mercy He is patient with you. And he has been waiting for you to come to him. One of the first things Jesus said, this is Matthew 4, 17. It says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Some... Uh, Translations say, repent for the kingdom of heaven, um, you know, is nigh. Or the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We're all a lot closer to heaven, you know, um, than we care to acknowledge. Now, that's, I would say that's Jesus coming coming down from heaven, preaching to the people. But almost no matter where you turn, at least in the U.S. of A., you can find a Bible pretty quick. You know, they're in every nightstand in virtually every hotel. The, the Word of God is Jesus Christ. So he is sitting there waiting for you to get to know him by reading his word. That is of the utmost importance. Some people think they have to do something like, and I'm not picking on them, but for instance, with some of the Catholics, you know, these experiences like in Spain, you know, with Metagory and uh, those kind of things that people crawl on their hands and knees for miles to get to, you know, some idol 
that uh, they some some apparition of Mary or what have you. Uh, and you don't have to do those things. Why? In Matthew 9, verse 13, uh, Jesus said, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So you don't have to, you know, work, but you do need to to repent. You need to ask for mercy and give mercy. I mean, Jesus, you know, uh, told a parable about a, uh, a servant who um, was kind of shifty and his uh, master was, was, was firing him. And while he did so, uh, he cut the, uh, the amount that some people owed his master so that he'd have some friends. And uh, the, the master said that, I'm, you know, I am forgiving you your, your debt, uh, but go on and get out of here. You know, and he goes outside, basically, and runs into somebody that, you know, that didn't owe millions of dollars like he did. But someone that owed him a few bucks, and he basically started, you know, throttling him, choking him out, let's say. And so, you know, when the master who who had forgiven, you know, a fortune, when he saw this man who had just been forgiven much, throttling someone who he would not even forgive a little bit, he took him and threw him in prison. So when he says, I desire mercy, you know, go and learn what this means. Jesus said, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You know, there's nothing for you to do, you know, and you have to, you know, forgive as you've been forgiven. I mean, a lot of times, and I know I'm guilty of this, I forget how much God has forgiven me. He says, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Man, does that hit home. Not in a good way, but, you know, you have to hear it. It's like <clears throat> getting an antiseptic on a wound. Come near to God and he will come near to you. See, you need, you, you need to humble yourself when you come near to God. Ask for forgiveness. Confess your sins. Wash your hands, you sinners. Now, of course, he's not talking about soap and water. He's talking about, you know, purify yourself. Confess your sins. And it says, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You know, kind of like this guy that was forgiven that wouldn't wouldn't forgive, uh, you know, somebody else a much less offense. I am working on a song uh, that's titled, there, there was a song, somebody, I mean, fairly famous in the um, uh, the worship music world, uh, that he wrote a song called Give Me Clean Hands, and it's like, you know, I, I just don't think it's not Give Me Clean Hands, it's like, 
I, as far as me, I have my part to do. So this song I'm writing is every day I, I work to, to have clean hands. So I'm working on that along with the rest of the album. Because it says, wash your hands, you sinners. You have a part to do, a part to play when it comes to repentance. Of confessing your sins. Telling God you're sorry and asking for forgiveness. Wash your hands, you sinners. So the some folks will be listening and think that they've done so much evil or something so bad that God cannot forgive them, which is not true. And then there's other folks who say, I have done nothing wrong, even though they're a sinner like the rest of us. Wash your hands, you sinners. Do what God has told you to do. Repent. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 19, it says, and this is Jesus speaking, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. If God loves you, he's going to discipline you. Just like your mom or your dad, you know, hopefully disciplined you as you were growing up so you wouldn't be, uh, you know, so that you would be a a good citizen, hopefully a, a good, you know, Christian believer, and that you would treat people decently and love God, hopefully. But, you know, when we fall short, as we all do, if God loves you, he's going to rebuke you. He's going to get in your face and show you that you're wrong. And he's going to discipline you. Whether you receive the discipline or not, is up to you because that's why it says, so be earnest and repent. So in other words, own up to it and say that you're sorry and ask for forgiveness. See, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. I mean, there are so many super great scriptures about repentance. So I'm not um, giving a message and I'm I'm in a way that uh, I'm exegeting, you know, uh, scripture in a chapter line by line. Sometimes we do that, but um, I just, I want to emphasize how important repentance is because if you don't repent you can't come to God because you're not humbling yourself Luke 13 3 Jesus said I tell you no but unless you repent you too will all perish how important is repentance it is it is of eternal, eternal importance, that without it, you are going to be separated from God forever. 
That's how bad it will go for you without repenting of what you've done, what I've done, of my small shortcomings and my big ones. And Jesus came to call not the righteous but sinners to repentance. That's what he says in Luke Luke five three thirty or excuse me five uh, verse thirty two. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. Fortunately for us, that's everybody. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. He's using even this little message that I'm giving today to call sinners to repentance. In the same way I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, Luke 15. In the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. In the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. You have even the holy angels of God. That's the good angels, not the evil angels that fell. And there's a mighty difference. There is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So you think you're insignificant? First of all, God died for you. He came to this earth to die for you, to pay your sin debt. And when there is repentance, the angels of God repent, or excuse me, rejoice over one sinner who repents. My God, we have it good if we repent. Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. Repent at my rebuke. When God is disciplining you, repent. Because when you do, he will pour out his thoughts. And a lot of times that is, you know, if you hopefully bother to read your Bible, those are the thoughts of God. That's the word of God. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. So a lot of times even, you know, people say, I read the Bible and I can't understand it. Well, you're probably not saved. So you need to get saved first. And that means repent. First, you have to repent you know, repent and get saved. Sorry, I had way too much caffeine yesterday, and even though I'm sitting here drinking a coffee this morning, I overdid it on the caffeine yesterday. Uh, you got to watch that Starbucks. Um, repent at my rebuke. Then, again, a conditional statement. 
Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. If you think you can't understand the word of God or understand preaching or, you know, just have such a, a tough time and you don't want to be bothered, it's because, it could be because you are not repenting and God is prompting you. He's rebuking you. You can hear him in your spirit. And perhaps you have not responded to God appropriately by repenting. But if you did, he would then pour out his thoughts to you and make known to you his teachings. Here's a, a scripture that goes back to that story about uh, the guy who was forgiven much and then throttled a guy that uh, who he should have forgiven for his little sin against him. Um, this is Luke 17, verse 3. If your brother or sister sins against you, and you know that that happens all the time. <laughs> I know some of you know what I'm talking about. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. This is a big deal for a lot of people, and I know it's, it's, it's been a big deal for me. That someone has hurt you so desperately, so desperately, and it's something that you carry with you. It's a chip on your shoulder that even when you change clothes and take a shower, it never comes off. But Jesus said, if your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. In other words, tell them what they did to you and why it was wrong. And if they repent, again, conditional statement, forgive them. See, God's using the same rules between us as he uses between us and him. If they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. I'm just speaking for myself right now. Do you know how many times I sin? I mean... Yeah, there's probably some days that go by that I don't. And then there's the other times where, oh, my Lord. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I can't, I, you know, I just can't believe it. And I am going back to God saying, I am sorry. And God forgives us every time we go back to him. He forgives us. And he's telling us in this statement 
that if they come, if you rebuke them, you tell them what they did wrong. If they repent to you, you have to forgive them. And even if they do it seven times in a day and come back seven times and say, I'm sorry, I, you know, I repent, you have to forgive them. If you don't forgive them, then this is my conjecture, you know, what are you going to carry around with you? You are going to carry around so much resentment that your face will sour, your life will sour, your relationship will sour, and maybe many, many other things. God has given you this teaching for a reason, so that you don't have to carry that. So be merciful to those when they say, I repent. Just as when you, you repent, God is merciful to you. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. Folks, repent to God. Um, you know, when I hear the term worldly sorrow, it makes me think of people who were caught doing something and they only say that they're sorry because they got caught. They're, they're not... A worldly sorrow is not one who is repenting, you know, and, and, and seeking to make things right with either God or with another person. But godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. Lord, people, folks, I, I, I plead with you to go to God and repent of your sins. Because he's worthy. He came to this earth. Jesus Christ came to this earth. Fully God and fully man. So that he could live a perfect life in our place. Because no matter how many people were born, no one has ever lived a perfect life. The reason a perfect life had to be lived is because there had to be an unblemished lamb, a perfect sacrifice that would be acceptable to God the Father for the payment of the sins of the world, for your sins and my sins. And when Jesus died on the cross, he fulfilled living that perfect life as a Hebrew. He kept the law. And he was the perfect sacrifice. And his, his sacrifice was acceptable to God for the payment of sin because all of the, the death of bulls and goats and other animals on the altar during the Old Testament were not acceptable for the payment of sin. They, they were, it's just, you know, it was a, um, a reminder to people 
that there's always a price to pay for sin. But that blood of those goats and bulls was not sufficient. But the blood of Jesus Christ, that is why there is power in the blood of Jesus. What can take away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And God raised him from the dead to give us everlasting life. So repent. Repent of your sins. Tell God that you are sorry. Confess your sins. Repent of your sins. Say, I'm sorry. And ask for forgiveness. And then turn from your sin. As the first scripture from... um, um, Bear with me here. 2 Chronicles 7.14 said, Turn from your wicked ways. For me to turn from my wicked ways. And then I, and this is God speaking, will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. God, I mean, folks, if we did that corporately, I am 100% convinced that God would heal this land. However, judgment is coming. Judgment is coming on this land because I know that that's not going to happen. But this message is for those of you who have God knocking on their heart today. Who have God knocking on their heart today. Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you. You know, unless, in Luke, unless you repent, you too will all perish. If God is rebuking you, he's doing so because he loves you. Folks, repent. 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 Confess your sins to God. Tell him you're sorry and and accept him, Jesus Christ, as your Lord and Savior. And then after you do that, become well acquainted, intimate with the Word of God. And you only do that by reading the Word of God or listening to the Word of God. For those of you that can't read for some reason, eyesight, whatever. Because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's John 1.1, the Gospel of John. That's how you get to know God, is through His Word. And then abide in Him, because He is the vine, we are the branches. If you do not abide on in him, you'll be like a branch that dies. And then it, it is, you know, trimmed off and good for nothing except to be burned. Jesus Christ gave a lot of messages about either the Darnell, you know, the stuff that comes up looking like wheat but is not wheat, about dead branches, about things that are to be bundled and burned. 
Those are the, the children of the devil. Because you're either with Jesus or you're with the devil. There's no in-between. There is no purgatory. Sorry, Catholics. You're either with Jesus or you're with the devil. Make the right choice and repent so that you don't perish. Please consider supporting Encouraging Angels at the end of the year, like I shared earlier in the week. You know, we got our insurance bill. Our, you know, the, the government came out with the CPI this week and they said, oh, inflation's, you know, it's up. it went up a little bit. It's up 3.1% for the year. Folks, we know that's all a lie. I got my insurance bill for the ministry and um, our bill, we have never had a claim in, in 15 years, our bill went up 45%. 45% from year to year. Please consider supporting Encouraging Angels. If you find benefit in this podcast, if you find benefit in the writings you see appear, appear on our blog, if you find benefit in the music message and testimony here at Encouraging Angels, please support us. You can go to www.encouragingangels.org and give using your plastic card, you know, at the cornerstone link we have right there on the donate page, or you can send something to our PO box. It's right there as well. Don't forget, you need a civil defense plan. Go to civildefensemanual.com. Um, it's a hundred dollars. It's worth it, folks. Um, today wasn't a message about that, but we've given a bunch of messages about why you need that civildefensemanual.com for Mr. Jock Lawson. Okay. The time is short. The, the judgment of this country is coming in my humble opinion. The judgment of God will be meted out, you know, on this nation, but individuals, can be saved. Individuals can be kept safe. If you repent, you know, that scripture, let me find that, please. Let me find this scripture. Of course, I'm not going to find it fast. I'm sitting here poking through my, my scriptures that I have. Um, any whoozle repent get to know God abide in God tell him you're sorry receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior do these things because God is not a man that he should lie. He will keep his part of the deal. He always keeps his part of the deal. He is faithful, even when we are not. But he gives us the opportunity, even if we sin seven times in a day, to come back to him and saying, 
I repent, you know, I'm sorry, because he will forgive you. He knows who we are. And yet he waits for us to wash our hands. Oh, that's that's scripture. I mean, that really speaks to me. Come near to God and he will come near to you. See, you have you have to act in this in this manner. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Like you got one foot in the world and you think you got one foot with God. You, you need to have two feet with God. Because this world is going to upend. Everything that you know is going to be upended. Your retirement, your finances, the finances of the world, the food situation, relationships, everything is going to be upended. So come near, as it says in James 4, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Confess your sins. Repent to God. Tell him you are sorry for what you've done and ask for forgiveness and trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then abide in him. Get to know him through his word. Abide. This is the Encouraging Angels podcast. I'm Stan Samansky, and I look forward to seeing you right here next time.